BBC Six Music Podcasts. Six Music. This is a free download from the BBC. Find out more at bbc.co.uk slash sixmusic. And now, John Richardson. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the John Richardson Show podcast. I hope we find you well. Uh, this is another, well, I was going to say half an hour, but who knows how long it'll be once we get once we get editing. Could be 12 minutes, could be uh, three hours and 12 minutes. It couldn't be three hours and 12 minutes. This is what happens when there's no one else here. I just talk crap. Um, thanks for downloading. Uh, it was it was a good, good show today, I'm not going to lie to you. We had uh, all the way to Melbourne to catch up with our picture. Mr Jeff Norcott in the studio, 4D we sent out to uh, the London Marathon to... I was a bit angry because I thought it would sort of phase him and I thought he'd see, like, dead bodies and, uh, like, just fat people going, don't do it, don't do it, I'm dying. But actually, he was quite upbeat about the whole thing and saw some celebs and some animals, so you can hear how that went. And he's still bang up for doing this marathon, so... um Oh, let us know what you think of Fordy's attempts to do the marathon. I'll give you the email address at the end. And as usual, we have a pod joke. Uh, always better when you send them in means I don't have to worry about them. And if they're rubbish, I don't have to feel bad about them. So this one uh, from Sydney. Uh, Dear John, I wrote this pod joke for you. What do you call a bottle of patron teasing a woman? <laughs> we'll tell you after this. John Richardson. Six Music. It's John Richardson on Six Music going through some of your good deeds. Um, obliged, of course, to point out that good deeds don't always work out. And this one's coming from Joe in Winchester. It says, Dear team, I'm a 16-year-old boy coping with the idea of helping society out. And I'm opposed to the stereotypical idea of teenagers that we all carry weapons and are quite happy with being antisocial misfits. I was extremely annoyed this week when I tried to partake in your good deeds feature. Yesterday I was in my local co-op at the till when I saw a middle-aged woman who had more bags of shopping than she could carry. After paying for my very few items, I offered to help her carry her bags to the car park. She looked at me with a face filled with a mixture of shock, horror and fear and mumbled something about not needing any help and proceeded to stumble awkwardly out of the shop. Only seconds later, a man approached her and asked exactly the same question I did. To my annoyance, she accepted his offer with a smile and called him, and I quote, a lovely, lovely man. Now, I won't lie to you, John, I was wearing a hoodie at the time, but surely this judgmental old hag deserves to have fallen flat on her face after this appalling act. I know I've destroyed my own argument there about antisocial behaviour by calling her a judgmental old hag, but there you go. I'm angry, John. I tried to do a good deed as it would allow me to have the chance to get a mention, but I had my dreams stolen from me. I'll get over it, though. Um, A shout-out for anyone from King School, Winchester. Cheers from Joe. It's unfortunate you can't, you know, we can't change all of society, but I, I, we can only applaud you for getting out there and do it. They don't always go unnoticed. There's one more good deed I feel I should uh, I should definitely read out because it says, uh, Hi, John, I'm emailing this in as it's the only means I have of thanking Laurie and Josh from Manchester for their deed. I'd gone out drinking on Wednesday night, as we students are prone to do, but after a long series of events that I won't go into, I found myself alone at a bus stop waiting for the bus home with no money for which to pay for the ride. Now, when she says a long series of events that I won't go into, I assume she really just means getting drunk and spending all her money on woo-woos. Um, after trying to explain my situation to an unsympathetic bus driver, two strangers, Laurie and Josh, offered to pay for my bus ticket. Realising how upset I was, the two boys proceeded then to cheer me up on the 30-minute drive. The conversation got onto lighter subjects, and whilst looking through one of their iPods, I realised that they, like me, were a listener to the show. The good deed didn't stop there, however. Once off the bus, they realised I lived a good 25-minute walk to my house, so waited with me until a licensed taxi came along to make sure I got home safely, and then proceeded 
proceeded to pay for it without taking no for an answer. This restored my faith in human kindness and saved me a two-hour walk home at three in the morning, which meant I got a good night's rest before realising all my issues from the night before weren't really issues anymore. As I have no other means of thanking them, please, please, please read this out as they deserve it. Love to your mother, Sarah. So for Laurie and Josh from Manchester for saving a lady, I'm going to whittle the good deeds now down to uh, down to the final and we'll put those to uh, Jeff Norcott. But uh, we had a text in earlier that says, Hello, John, my reason to be cheerful is your smashing joke that Matt Ford is running the marathon oh. next year. Just brightened up my day from Fern. How do you feel about that? Well, I'm going to prove her and all the other doubters wrong this time next year there when I cruise to victory <laughs> in the London Marathon. We just watched the um, the disabled athletes coming home already in a time of one fifty. How you? Wow. You reckon you can get there? Um, no, no. Well, I'm aiming for around five hours. If I can do it in five, I'll be pleased. Good. Well, we'll get onto that later. This yes. this section now is for you to pick two stories. Basically, imagine we're at Sunday dinner. Yeah. I'm the disapproving grandmother of your new girlfriend. Yeah. I don't really want you in my house, to be honest. We have a relationship like this anyway. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've served you up a lovely dinner, and I expect mm. you to make interesting conversation. So, uh, what are you opening with? So, um, how's the care home? Yeah, good. Cold. Oh, dear. Well, I've got some lovely blankets. <laughs> Maybe I should pop round Maybe and... Maybe you should do the papers and not float with it. Sorry, I was just getting into the... <laughs> I was just setting the scene, you know. Yeah. All I'm saying is, 70's young these days. Right, anyway. <laughs> the uh, Daily Telegraph... I'll pick this especially for you, because I know you like your good deeds. The Sunday yes, Telegraph today... Yes, doing the good deeds. Well, here's one you'll like. Page 13 of today's Sunday Telegraph. Britain put to the honesty test. Oh... Uh, Daily Telegraph reporter went to a cash machine and left £20 hanging out see if the person behind him would follow him and tell him. In Credit Crunch Britain. In Credit Crunch Britain. And we, he did it to all sorts. Students. Right. Um, you know, young people, old people, uh, men and women. And the vast majority of people, what do you think they did? Pocket it. Run away. Handed it over. Spent the 20 quid on boxing gloves to go and punch strangers. Um, no, they, um, they, they ran after him and, and, and got him. Oh, so he was always like a little mime, a proper little, oh, here I go, off about my business. So people could keep the money if they wanted, but they they were challenged. Well, we've had a few good deeds where people have said someone left their money and I chased after them. Have we got percentage? We've got figures for Uh, this. It's just uh, the majority of people. um, (laughs) 51%. My favourite is uh, in nearby Shoreditch, one man in his early 20s did pocket the two tenors. When our reporter went back to him to retrieve the money, he denied it. He said, (laughs) I think it's I could ask for scoring. He gave me a tenner. <laughs> <laughs> they even lied about how much nice. he'd taken. But kept it. They let him keep the money. So I suppose they've... Well, I was going to say, I suppose they've got to, but then I suppose they haven't, have they? Well, they should put a photo of him. They've got pictures of people being good. Oh, OK. You've got to name the good, you've got to name the bad. Name and shame. These villainous crocs. What would you do? You'd obviously give it back. Oh, I would, yeah, without a doubt. How was the man uh, dressed? Because that's another factor, isn't it? If it's a man in a suit with a bowler hat on and a walking cane and one of those old moustaches that comes oh, yeah, out like, to the side. Oh, like yeah, Monopoly man. Yeah, you'd probably be less inclined to give the money back. Than would if you? It was a, a less inclined. I'm not saying I wouldn't give it back. Obviously, I'd always give the money back. But if it was a, you know, a little old lady... It's a sort of young lad in a suit. Looks like he could be an office worker in his Oh, a banker in these troubled times. Yeah, he's just he's slightly scruffy. He's one of in those these sort of guys. Troubled times. Well, he's one of those guys who's got to wear a suit to work, but he's damned if he's going to look smart in it. <laughs> you know the sort. <laughs> Bit of rebellion, big knot, top thing done and done. You know, unshaven. Right. Oof. So we're opening at dinner with uh, the honesty test. Yep. Let's uh, let's wait for Granny's response. Oh, that was um. 
tedious. Oh, that's not gone well. Well, granny. (laughs) (laughs) So, story number two. Story number two, which I'd read online this morning as well and had a good giggle about, and uh, it's in a few of the papers, but I found it uh, quickest in today's Sunday Express. Page two. They've got rattling the papers (laughs) to prove that they're there. Just the inhaling. (laughs) Can you smell news? Oh, yeah, do you do that? You know, with fresh textbooks at school. Mmm. Can I smell the education? Right. Just (laughs) smell the education. (laughs) It's like, oh, God, this is going to teach me some good stuff. Right, anyway. It feels good, doesn't it, Britain? (laughs) 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 Right. Justice all in a Twitter. A magistrate has quit the bench after 16 years after being caught reporting details of court hearings on Twitter. Oh dear. <laughs> Absolutely quality. Professor Steve Molyneux revealed how he was waiting to pass sentence on some robbers on the Twitter site. His high-profile users include Michael Steve Fry. He was reported uh, by odd. a colleague and resigned, saying, the powers that be probably don't even understand technology. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the idea if he sat there. Okay, court adjourned. I reckon he's well guilty, isn't he? <laughs> he looks well trampered. He didn't even come in a suit. He's going, Dad, leaders. It's ridiculous, isn't it? How do you get to a point of such power and responsibility and make such a blatant error as he, that? He probably didn't even have, like, an, a pseudonym. <laughs> <laughs> judge Man Steve. Judge Steve. Mulling you, Dad Judge. Oh, dear. Well, yeah. I think uh, you should get shot of them all. Welcome to the family, Matthew. <laughs> well, thank you. Good well, stories. And that could widen out into several debates, couldn't it? Twitter, you're still on Twitter. How's it going? It is. It's going well. I discovered this week that I can see your Twitter page and see what tweets you're tweeting without right. having to be a member anymore. And are you finding it interesting? I, it's always nice to know what you have for lunch. It's mm. always good to know. Now, it's time for it's time for your real task for today. Yeah. That was uh, me, a build-up. Um, and, and I'll go into it by means of an email that came mm. in during the week. Hello, 4D, it Hello. says. That's all it says. There's nothing else mentioned there. Uh-huh. I haven't written into the show for a while, partly because I felt I haven't had anything to contribute, but also mm. because John doesn't normally read out my emails. Oh. It's gone direct to you, but it's come to me. <laughs> However, when I heard about your ambition to run the London Marathon, and in particular to be shown on TV while doing so, I felt I had to comment. Firstly, congrats on committing to undertake such a challenge. Thanks. But secondly, I would discourage you in the strongest possible way I can to avoid being filmed by TV cameras. Why? I live in... Oh. (laughs) Sorry. Is this a double Have you worked on this? No, no. Is this your pseudonym? I live in the tiny secluded island of Bermuda, and one of my favourite hobbies is running. Because the island is so small, the local TV station film a lot of the races, and I've been caught on camera countless times. Wow. The results are never complimentary, so unless you want Forty's first TV appearance to be of you, sticky, hair dripping wet with sweat, bubbles of fat bouncing all over your body as you wobble up and down, with a look on your face as if you're straining on the toilet, then I would urge you to avoid the cameras. Regards, Richard in Bermuda. That's what I look like all the time. <laughs> so whether I'm running, if I'm going to be on telly, that's what the, that's what the product's <laughs> yeah, going to be. Might as well be that rather than the National Lottery show. Yeah, anchoring news at six. Just release those big money balls. <laughs> Isn't he sweating? Him. And he's giving you some advice as well. Chicken balls. <laughs> um, below is some quick advice. Cut Ooh. your toenails short, because otherwise you'll get a black toe. Well, I tell you what, yesterday, one of my toenails cut my toe. Well, there we uh, go. I got back and I bled. I felt rock hard. I was like, yeah, I was bleeding. I didn't even know it yet. <laughs> I was just running everywhere, man. Panding round. So we're going to send you out now. You've got an hour before yeah. you're on again. We're going to send you out to the marathon. Um, we've given it time so that all the professional. There we go. The fun runners are setting off now, look. So... The, the proper professionals 
I've gone, so we want you to go down yeah. there, lend some encouragement, shout, go on, Marjorie or Derek. Yeah. Um, and as a little bit of fun, um, I want to set you a challenge to spot as many animals as you can. Okay. John Richardson. ABC Six Music. But I'm joined now by my guest for today, who's uh, the wonderful Jeff Norcott. Welcome along. Morning, John. Morning, everybody. How are you? I'm, I'm really good, mate. I'm really good. I was, this, I was actually listening to the podcast from last week with John Gordillo on the way okay. here. So, oh, nice. Bit so of research. A, well, it's a bit weird. It's a bit like Last Action Hero. I feel like I've sort of stepped into <laughs> the, the media product. Yeah. But, but he was talking about how you feel and expressing it quite specifically. Yes. So I'm content. Okay, yeah, that's a much more abrupt answer than uh, we had quite a long discourse, as I recall, about... Oh, it was, inter- it was interesting. I thought, yeah, we should try and be more honest, and I'm content, which I think is better than happiness, because happiness is a tricksy sort of mistress. I think content is how you should aim to average out, shouldn't you? I think life is like a, it's a wave, isn't it? And sometimes you're above mm. the line and sometimes below. And if your average is content, then you're doing bust, all right. It's boom and bust, isn't it? It's like an economy. If you're happy, you're going to have a recession very soon. So <laughs> yeah. contentment is steady economic growth. Yeah. Everyone's earning. We're all in full employment. Emotion Excellent. crunch. Yes. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, I get really depressed with the economy. It's become something. Mm. I was thinking this week, what if you'd been away this year and you just hadn't read a paper, hadn't watched the news or anything like that? You might not know it was happening. I know a lot well, of people... the world keeps have, turning, doesn't it? Yeah. People have lost jobs and it's terrible. But there are a lot of people whose lives are totally driven by reading about it, seeing it on the news, that just generally, if you were living in the cave, yeah, yeah. your life would be no better or worse. And I, I wonder the, the total effect of how depressed people are just because you keep getting told about it. Well, most most people still got jobs. Most people... Yeah. Um, are all right. I think that, yeah, we worry, we worry about a lot of things um, that don't really matter. And I think well, I've always felt gutted. You know when there was all those headlines when this started, where it said, the good times are over. Part, <laughs> yeah. What if you've been poor for the last 10 years <laughs> yeah. and then suddenly go, right, that's it, party's over. And you're like, the party never begun for me, you know? Yeah. Well, the party will come around, as we were saying. It's all peaks and troughs. Exactly. Imagine if you've been down man. for 20 years. Yeah, you've got tramp quite the reading peak. that, the party's over. Going, <laughs> yeah. well, God, how bad is it going to get? That was quite a party. Yeah. I should have really reined in a little bit. Yeah, how, how, where's it going to go to now? I can't do any worse than live on the street, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Live yeah. in a river. Things go around. John Richardson. <laughs> Six music. Do you ever sometimes think when you're listening to your music that everyone else can really hear it? I'm that- serious. I've got that West Side Story soundtrack on there. I'll be on the treadmill, you know, pounding away to a bit of, uh, you know, Maria or something like that. We should, I think we should sometimes have public iPod shamings. At any <laughs> given point, any given point, wherever you're on, you're on the bus, suddenly everyone can hear what you're listening to and you've just got to hold your hands up and go, yeah. That would right. be the end of me. I am listening to Marillion. Yeah. What about it? Yeah, there's nothing wrong with a bit of Marillion. But you see, you just never know what audience you're in, do you? Because there's times when Marillion will come out and someone on that bus will go, legend, that is unbelievable. Yeah. I haven't heard that for you. You are a legend. And if you and connect with one person, yeah. it was worth it. Yeah, unless there are like 60 people on the bus. Yeah, unless that case. person's a psycho then wants to be your friend. <laughs> yeah, you know? exactly. Then it wasn't worth it. They don't even know what the song was. No. I like that. I love you. Come on. I'm all right, thanks. I'm all right. So, good deeds. We had mm. quite a few um, that were about dogs this week. I'll be honest, I'm an unadulterated dog man. Yeah, me too. Um, so, I, I, I'm tempted to put all those through to the final, but I couldn't really. Um, this one, quickly, this is um, someone who went out, got lashed, didn't have any bus fare home. Someone paid for them to get their bus fare home. Young lady on her own. So, how do we feel about that? Th- that's come up before, isn't it? Bus, yeah. bus fare home. It's sort of, there's a sort of... 
bullseye kind of thread to this. <laughs> that a lot Jim of, Bowen's out I and think about doing are, a lot of good work. Do you reckon people are jumping on the bullseye bandwagon here and thinking, and I don't know, you know, it seems suspicious. Maybe. This is the hidden uh, uh, tragedy of bullseye going off the air, is yeah. that now, genuinely, people don't have their BFH. The great British principle, the BFH, is living yeah. on on the John Richardson show. Jim Bowen was I'm not that fussed with that. Do you know what I mean? What is it? Is it like one pound or, or something? You well, know? you never know, do you, with provincial bosses, and they only run once a week. Blah, blah, blah. Boo, blah, blah. <laughs> um, okay, so we're not going with that one. Oh, this Mon- one's an odd one. Uh, hello, team. On Monday, I took a trip to the supermarket during the day. I don't think I'm alone when I say that daytime people are slightly different to everyone else in the world. Please don't think I'm being rude, but sometimes you feel like you've accidentally walked into the bar from Star Wars. Um, I, I mean, I like daytime people because I'm one of them. I'm one of the It's our world, isn't it? I went to watch two uh, films at the cinema this week, and both times was just about to have a cinema to myself when someone came in just as the film was starting. Absolutely gutted. I had that in Plymouth once. I went there and I was way too early for the gig and it was um, Willy Wonka's Chocolate Factory, right? The and new one. The main, uh, yeah, the Johnny Depp one. And, and the whole, it's a massive the crap um, cinema, the poor one. Yeah. <laughs> and I was in there on my own and I positioned myself right in the middle. I thought, well, if it's just me, yeah. it's less embarrassing. But just before it started, there was about 25 school kids turned up with their mums oh. and a 30-year-old bloke in a cinema <laughs> daytime on his own watching Willy Wonka. I just had to stick it out because leaving would have been weirder. Yeah, and you can't complain when they're noisy either. Can you be quiet, please? I and can't I, hear what the umpalumpas are saying. Yeah, I did. I did. You know, I just sort of had to grin and bear it. Really. Yeah. Um, anyway, so this email continues. I'd only popped out to buy some tea bags, but within seconds, I'd been confronted by a crazy old woman who looked as if she'd been dressed by a one-armed child in a whirlwind. She stood right in front of me and was staring me in the eyes. Um, something clearly wasn't right about these uh, people, and I was a bit scared. The 80-year-old security guard at the store was also a bit scared, and I wanted to leave before one of them exploded. I thought about just dropping my basket and getting out of there. If the fully trained Tesco security guard couldn't cope, then neither could I. But then all of a sudden, tins of food fell from under the old lady's coat and rolled across the floor. I had been stood in the way of the gap between the security scanner and the wall where shoplifters often head for an undetected getaway and I had accidentally foiled a robbery. Now under the arrest from the security guard, Captain Tesco, the old lady and her son started talking quite normally to each other. Their behaviour was just aroused to scare people away. Mm. I stopped a robbery, John. I am a hero. Martin de Villiers from Liverpool. But Martin, you did it by accident, mate. (laughs) <laughs> it was completely by accident. What are you claiming there? That you, you stood in a place, something happened, but that makes you Superman? Maybe on a subconscious level. Maybe he knew what was going on. Maybe he's a superhero and he's drawn to crimes. I think the bigger issue there is Martin's paranoia. Um, well, he, he immediately was suspicious. Well, I suppose rightly suspicious. So he might have sort of Spider-Man's or sp- Spidey senses going on. Yeah, there. yeah. So, so he didn't move. So he, 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 he was part of it, but it was essentially an accident, mate. You're not, okay, you're not so still no winner. Well, this is going to have to be the winner then, because I think this is the last one we've got time for. Yeah, no, this is... Uh... I put this in, and this one's about kids. And I'm not saying you can compare kids to dogs, but all the ones that are about dogs count for this one as well. Hell, John, my boyfriend Chris and I took a trip to Saunton Sands in Devon on Sunday, where we were laying on the beach. We were approached by two brothers aged five and six who told us that they'd lost their parents after they'd walked off accidentally and realised they didn't know where they were. We decided that all we had to do was pick up all of our possessions and walk up and down the beach searching with them. We asked the boys to describe their parents, from which we gleaned that their dad was tall with curly hair and taller than their mum. We eventually found their mum, who was on the verge of tears with worry. She was very thankful and said that she was glad that they had approached us. Love to your mothers, Lauren from Bristol. 
So that's good, isn't it? That's and, a clear winner, yeah. And that one goes in with all the people who found dogs this week as well, because um, dogs are important too, right, guys? Yeah, well, they, they hold down jobs. You know, they play a role in the economy. Uh, them and horses are the only animals that actually have jobs, so I can respect them on that level. Worms? <laughs> Worms break down stuff for, like, recycling. But they do it with a sense of purpose. So no, they, think, they don't you know what, I want to get involved. I think horses, dogs, you can see in their face, there's like a team thing. It's like, <laughs> yeah. And that's why they get to come on holiday. The moment cats start doing jobs, then, yeah, you can come in the Volvo. Yes, yes. Oh, why weren't you here? That's two weeks ago when oh, I was well, losing mate, the mate, cats I was versus dogs. I'm always listening. I was getting furious. <laughs> I, just, I just don't think... I know it's a perennial argument, but I don't even think there is an argument. I don't see how... Yes. They're, they're just like ornaments, cats. They're not really animals. Yes. <laughs> I am joined still by Mr. Jeff Norcott. I feel bad that there's no noises I can do for you. Uh, sometimes I just pick one at random. Just Could to have had a walk-on music, John, a bit of... Uh, yeah, John, uh, a, bit a bit of... Entrance of, music. It's a bit of... Um, cash register. No, that's no good. Oh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't really... But most of cash my... Re- I'm quite money-orientated. That could work. Yeah? Yeah, oh yeah, and I've got big... Are ex- you money-orientated? I am, actually. I've become more so. You know, get that first fixed-rate mortgage under your belt, mate. <laughs> And there's an Excel spreadsheet that I give constant attention to. Oh, you're one of those. I yeah, hear mate, about I you. You're one of those people who submits your tax receipt on April the 6th. Way before that, mate. Really? Wait, I'm probably going to go home and do my receipts this week for the tax year that's just ended. That is disgusting. You've got to know where you are in Credit Crunch Britain, John. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to know what the bottom line is. So um, it's, it's quite a, an interesting thing, isn't it? Because a lot of people are money-driven, money, are money and mm. there's, there's nothing really wrong with it, I think, provided you do the right things with your money. Yeah. But it's one of the things not many people have the courage to say. You, there is I a percentage a in terms bit. of good, good things that you do for people you don't know. And then, but I generally like, I like buying nice things for, for my wife. What's your weakness? Oh, for your wife? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were going to say I like buying nice things, and I was going to do, oh, do you know what I like buying? But then now you've done that, oh, for my wife. Well, no, no, but again, it's quite, it's quite egotistical, because it's I'd like that old thing of just putting, you know... There you go, darling. There you go, bullseye on the table for you, love. Go out and buy, <laughs> buy yourself something nice. She loves it too, you know, so it's very kind of 1970s, but it works for us. How long have you been married? I've been married five, five years. Did you hear that faltering in my voice there? Yeah. As I realised that not only am I committing it to live radio, but also a podcast. Anniversary, June the 5th, so there's any family listening, just see if you can forget it again this year. <laughs> oh, there's mm-hmm. a dick. There's a dick. Mm. Um, do you not buy anything for yourself then? No. I, do, I buy lots of music online. I download lots of um, dance music. Right. Um, and then I do my little bedroom DJ thing. Where Have I'm... you got like decks and stuff? Oh, yeah. CDJs. I, I rock my front room regularly. On nice. A, it's, it's my Wednesday afternoon thing. Because, you know, you gig all weekend, you do your thing. Monday, you catch up. Tuesday, you get your hair cut, that sort of thing. And then Wednesday, it's me. Every Tuesday? It's Yeah, every <laughs> Tuesday. It's, uh, they must uh, know you down that place. Uh, people just an image of a bald bloke now. Um, <laughs> yeah. It's certainly close crop. I was going to say, the hair looks good, but, uh, you know, I it's just, know, it's, it's a one a week job. Sometimes, you know, comedians, it's the only midweek conversation we get, right? I hate it, though. I hate the conversation, because you always get, not working today, then? And as a comic, you either have to go, oh, I'm working later, in which case they're going to say, what do you do? Yeah. And I always lie and go, oh, I'm a doorman. And then they couldn't. Are you? You're a, d- a doorman. Yeah. A doorman <laughs> at your fantasy nightclub that you, you run in your head. Is that what it is? I tell them. Because I, I, oh, I hate that. Because as soon as you say you're a comedy, oh, tell me a joke. And then, oh, do, do you know what I like? Do you Joey's know who funny. I like? Do you know who's the funny? And this isn't PC. Right. Yeah. Well, please don't say it then. Because clearly I'm a little bit liberal. I've put The Guardian there. I don't know if you can see that out yeah, of my yeah. jacket pocket there. Oh, I'm going to tell you, and I'm going to tell you some of his material. Oh, God. Well, they, they go for... Some 
funny sometimes the older blokes go, you know who I like? Bit of Jimmy Jones, eh? Bit of <laughs> old Jimmy Jones. You know, you've never seen him. You just want to be one of those guys that likes Jimmy Jones. Teenage people like um, Lee Evans, a lot of women. Yeah. Um, like Lee Evans, everyone likes Michael McIntyre at the moment. He is very funny, though. Such you know, a cliche of the West Country. I have genuinely never had this conversation with a cab driver who didn't cite Jethro first. <laughs> yeah. And it's such a. And I wish it weren't true, but every I tell you, I like because he's funny and he does jokes and it's modern stuff. I don't like. I was in the shop. I've been in a shop. Don't tell me about a shop. Do a joke. <laughs> and it's such a cliche. Well, people are arrogant about telling you he's funny. Like, in music, you go, oh, yeah, I quite like this band. People go, I tell you, is funny. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, you won't, mate. Yeah. Okay, you'll give me your idea of funny and then we'll have a discussion about it. Well, comedy is a deeply personal thing, isn't it? More so than, you know, th- I was discussing theatre the other week. If you go to a play and you don't like it, you'll probably leave with the opinion that you were wrong. Yeah, oh, I didn't yeah. get that. Same with music. If other people like a band, very rarely will you really argue. Oh, they're rubbish! You are you idiot? You're oh, not really for me. But with comedy, it's an instant. You are pathetic. Well, they'll hang around you afterwards. You as a human, they'll I meet hate. you outside and and inform you how bad you were on the way to the tube, which yes. happened to me once. A bloke oh, met nice. me afterwards and just told me how poor I was all the way to the tube. I said, anyway, mate, I'm going to get my train now, but, you know, thanks for the feedback. You know, <laughs> I'll, uh, that'll be my company on the uh, journey home. Cheers. And you're right, it, it never, no other art form would that happen in. I think people don't realise how accessible as well you are as a comic, because they see you on stage and they imagine it's like a band, that there's six of you, you go back in the dressing room, you're going to have a few drinks, chat it through. Genuinely, you'll come off stage, you'll go backstage, there'll be no banter sometimes, you'll get your check if you're lucky, and then you are just the guy on the tube with his bag looking depressed. Mm. And it is, it's a horrible, there's no sort of hiding from it, there's just but in your head, well that was poor. And well sometimes though, there's, I, like, I like the anonymity of it as well, because people always assume when you do is you want to be incredibly famous, which yeah. is not something I really particularly feel, but I quite like, you know, you go in there, there's 500 people and it's all great, high fives all the way down. This is obviously rarely. A good you know, when, it, when it does happen. But then by the time you're in your car, it's nothing again, you know. Yeah. You just put on a tune, you have a sandwich, <laughs> and you fade, you fade into the night. Yeah. The word sandwich has never had more philosophical meaning than when that. There was a whole I'm just a realm. regular guy. Yeah. <laughs> The sandwich is the most pathetic f- food to eat, I think, on your own. There's something about eating a sandwich that is just dis. Do you ever have a wrap just as a little change-up? I don't like wraps. I'm going to say it. I'm going to say it. Do you know what I do? I like Jethro. You're out of like step, wraps. Richardson. Yeah, too too much bread. 2009, man. They roll the bread seven times, and it's just a way of discussing. If it was like one layer of bread around the outside, the wrap, and filling in the middle, but they've rolled it, rolled it, rolled it, and it's like a Swiss roll. You wouldn't call a Swiss roll like no, a wrap right, yeah, with I... filling. There's, you know, it's, it's all about the... D- oh, you've really riled me now. I, I only do it... I only have a wrap, to be honest. You're right. I only do it to show off when I'm in trendy inner city areas. I'll go there, and what I really want is cheese and pickle sandwich yeah but i go can i have a falafel wrap and i walk out do you say falafel as well falafel falafel (laughs) no i do say falafel no wonder i get additional (laughs) additional looks of contempt i'll just answer could i get a cahasi and pickle sandwich (laughs) (laughs) well i want you to rewind vices because mine i mean how much uh do you mind me asking how much your decks were was it like an the decks were one of them was was 250 quid which isn't like at the top end so i'm That's always quite right. sensible but then the other one was 150 quid so i've got like a sort of inferior deck okay. it's like a person with a slightly lame leg one of them <laughs> i find it slightly harder to mix on one of them so every sort of second track is is a a, a bit baggy oh that i was expecting thousands then. no no i, ne- I never do bad. that I, what i do is i think oh i want something really nice but then i'll go to the budget end of it to have it you yeah. Know? yeah yeah i'm the same thrifty I've needed a new bag for ages, and I just can't... 
bring myself. There are certain things like shoes and bags that there comes a point when they need replacing, but they still function. And that's where all my stuff's at. And I just can't bear to buy a new one while my bag still holds stuff, even though it's tatty and it's rubbish. And well, that's a man use. mentality, though, isn't it? Is that what it is? That you, from your point of view, it's functional. But, um, like, see, my wife will say to me, but everyone is laughing at you. Yeah. And I'm going, but it's still they still work as a pair of shoes. I can still walk places. You're going, but nobody, nobody respects you, Jeff. I saw a man in sandals and socks yesterday in the supermarket. Like proper cliche uh, high shorts with the socks pulled up way above the calf yeah. and the sandal. And I thought, do you know why he's wearing sandals with socks? Because he wants to. Yeah. Because he wants to. He likes the he feel of a sandal. He feels comfortable, yeah. He likes to feel everything all hooked yeah, up and safe. but he doesn't want dirt getting in his feet, so he wears the socks. And then I thought, you are 26 years old and you are sat there arguing the case for sandals and socks. There's a reason. It's in the post, John, let's be honest. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's around the corner. Nice tight belt. Hook that baby up. Tuck your T-shirt in. Or your vest if it's a cold It's like that safe feeling. You know when your mum just sort of like tucks it? Everything's where it it should, should be. Well, that is sinister. That yeah, is it did weird. sound sinister. <laughs> you know, when did your mum tucks stuff away and it's all where it should be. Vices, because mine is um, like cr- crystal glassware. It's, uh, <laughs> I've got uh, hundreds of pounds worth <laughs> like uh, decanters and goblets and Do you know what, so sherry glasses. Funny about that, not just what it is, but the fact that you view it as a vice, but then you went, I've got literally hundreds of pounds worth. I think. But that's so thrifty that you see that as absolutely excessive. I think for something you never use, I've got a set of four crystal sherry glasses that I have literally (laughs) never used. I don't drink sherry. I'm never going to use them. And they're just out. And I live in a fairly, you know, average house in Swindon. It's not the sort of place that looks like you should walk in and there should be a display cabinet with cut crystal decanters on it. Do you feel all sophisticated? Is that what it is? You I know, have a big it? thing, because my thing's like food and drink. I mm. went to a Michelin-starred restaurant on my own this week. I just don't care. I like food. Yeah. quite happy to sit there on my own. And I firmly believe that a drink tastes better out of the right receptacle. Tea out of a, out of a china mug. Sherry out of a crystal sherry glass. Um, He's got a tear in his eye, folks. <laughs> it sounds like a sort oh, of Churchillian dear. speech. It's pretty sad, isn't it? Um, so these vices, actually, says Phil, um, I assume he sent in another one, but I haven't got that one. I've realised as soon as I sent that email, it's a terrible start, that my real vice, I think your real vice is sending emails, mate. You need to yeah. calm down. Uh, is music equipment. My bass guitar cost me £800 and my amp cost £250. I don't own any musical equipment. That's a good thing about being absolutely musically talentless. It's too much money. Yeah. Too much. I used to buy goalkeeper gloves all the time. I used to be a bit... <laughs> I used to be a bit... I was a goalkeeper, I should stress okay. as well. It wasn't well, that's just, less fun then. Just kept me just in a to weird, go shopping in. weird cupboard. But I used to love... I, I used to love them. I used to really get quite excited about the, the, the latex and the smell because they were so... It was just that moment Weirdo. of potential. <laughs> Before you used them, they were always at their best. And it was like that. They were pregnant with potential at that point. And yeah. I always think one day... You're, you're not going to be like that. I'm never going to let a goal in with these. You, but you do feel like that as a kid, particularly with equipment. You do feel like it can take you somewhere your ability wouldn't really take you. Yeah. Hello, John. My money vices are lottery tickets. That's a pretty sad one, isn't that's it? Gambling. That's gambling. Yeah, that's an out-and-out vice, isn't it, really? That's not a vice. Biblical that's vice. a problem. Uh, games of golf. I'm bad, so there's no point even playing in the first place. 
Top Gear magazines. <laughs> Knock that on the head. Buying replacement items for ones I've broken before checking it's the right one. Example, I broke the brush off a pressure washer and went to buy a new one without checking it was the right type. It wasn't, and now I'm 20 quid out of pocket. Well, I do that a lot. But it's not really advice, it's just poor practice, isn't it? But it's something yeah. I did recently. I thought I'd lost my charger for my video camera, and I went through and I went on a well-known website and got it, and now I've got two chargers um, for a video camera, and that money... Could have gone to charity. That could have been spent on a wife, couldn't it? That could have been spent on a wife. That could have gone down on a table. Got a nice little top pair of shoes. Look after yourself, darling. Yeah. Um, I buy a lot of computer games that I know I don't have the time to play. (laughs) I do that one. This is uh, Fishhead Monkey, regular texter. I've got a console that I think I've used about twice in about three years, and I still buy games for it. I've been keeping my eye on the James Bond game to see when it comes down in price to buy it, and I know... I've got four games that I've what, never played. What console played. is it, are we allowed to say? Um, it's uh, Xbox. Xbox. Well, yeah. balance out, I, I've got a similar thing with, with, with a Wii, and I right. literally, I went with that whole Wii thing. I thought I was one of the red naps, you know. I thought I'd be one of those families. <laughs> we'd, have, we'd have friends around, we'd have Wii evenings. <laughs> yeah, and I've got eight games for it, four of which I've never played. I, I just don't really get it. But You I just, just don't get time, do you? But I wanted to be part of the Wii movement, though, you know. It's like box sets. You buy them because you want to believe your life will allow you to do that. I want to believe <laughs> yes. that one day I'm going to have yes. a day off and just think, do you know what I'm going to do today? I'm just going to have a beer, sit on the couch and just play this game all day and really get into it and you just never do it same with box sets you buy them and you just think I don't have that much time the worst thing that could happen is I'll get into that and then I'll lose three days comedians are obsessed with box sets aren't yeah. they I mean they just they devour a whole series within one weekend in Huddersfield yeah I, I just I can't um, my vice is whenever I take up a new hobby I have to have all the gear straight away drives my girlfriend mental well to your mothers, uh, Owen in Leeds. Uh, as a student, I sometimes go crazy and buy full price fresh food. I may also spend half my student loan on gig tickets. Love to your mothers, Kieran Newcross. Um, f- food is a food's a. I've got to just approve of that. Really, you it's buy a fresh good thing food to spend food on. You demon, money on. What's the matter with you? Um, Start buying prepack. Although I had a I had a dried noodle snack yesterday and enjoyed it a little bit too much. Uh, this week, my housemates and I have bought 100 cream eggs. It's impossible not to buy them when they're reduced in Asda, as I'm sure you'll agree. Ruth at the lodge in Leicester. Is that because they're supposedly phasing them out? Um, they, they'll be gone soon or something like I that? I think that's scaremongering. They've done this with salad cream. It's not happening. It's clever, isn't it, that? Oh, you'll never be able to get these again. Limited edition Cadbury's eggs. She could, in theory, make a massive cream egg omelette. I wonder what would happen. <laughs> well, they would be rancid. That would I think be it would remain in theory. This is the kind of thing I'm looking for. My vice is buying stupid things like egg cups uh, and pepper shakers from eBay for my new flat with my boyfriend, even though I can't afford to eat now until payday. <laughs> but when you do afford to eat, you'll have plenty of egg cups. You can season anything you want. I had an awfully depressing... I don't do washing up. I don't like it. It depresses me. And I was eating cereal out of a fondue set this week. And I thought, <laughs> it's really time to uh, buy some new crockery. You don't like washing up? I hate it. It really love, depresses me. I really enjoy it. I love the cleansing element of it. It's done. The meal's finished. It's out. I would have thought you'd have been a washing up man, you know? It is the most depressing thing. That and eating beans are two things that just make me depressed that I'm alive. John Richardson. BBC Six Music. I'm now joined by uh, Mr. Matt Ford, who should be out. Oh, I can hear people. Well done. Where are you, Matt? Hello? Hello, John. <laughs> yes, I've just seen a rhino. A rhino. All right, yes. hang on. Let's see if I've got... The second rhino I've seen. <laughs> I've that... seen a dog. 
A dog. Manchester's a dog. Woof. Um, I haven't got Rhino, I've got Hippo. Wildebeest? Have you seen a Wildebeest? Uh, well, not, not in a, not in a uh, fancy dress, but uh, I'll tell you what, some of the weight these boys are carrying, I'm ready to do it next year. And there's some bigger boys uh, running. Distinctly ropey candidates working away. God, Craig! God, <laughs> he was working hard. Um, some lovely ladies, some very toned men, but as I say, at this stage in the race, about 13 miles in, it's starting to take its toll, a lot of walking. They call this hit in the wall, don't they, is what this is called. Yeah, he really, I think I'm going to get hit in the face. Whereabouts oh, really? are you, Matt? What can you see? A London Bridge. Oh, Tigger! It's a Tigger! Oh, uh, Go on, Tigger! Yeah, that's you like a Tigger. That? you like that? I think kids would be a lot more scared of Winnie the Pooh. What is this? What are you, mate? He's a bear. <laughs> yeah, he's a bear from Africa. <laughs> so are there lots of animals? I kind of thought there wouldn't be that many. So yeah, yeah, there's some rhinos. Oh, there's a big chicken. Have you got a chicken noise? No. Pig? I'll tell you what, there is someone <laughs> doing it. I think it's a charity called Well Child. A huge, it's got to be at least a ten-foot costume. Oh, there's the chicken and the egg, so one's going to come first. That's quite clever. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite good. And Go how's, on, how's it making you feel about running next year? It's making me feel amazing. People just get encouragement just to walk in class. How many, how many spectators are there there? Thousands. The, the place is jam-packed all the way down Dooley Street. The pubs are full, people are spilling out. It's real. Just ram-packed. I'll tell you what, there are a lot of empty water bottles on the road. Every time, I know they've got to drop them, but it feels bad. Do something about there. Get out there and pick a few up, Sam. <laughs> well, I think I might have to drink from a few. I'm dying out here just from walking down the road to get here on time. <laughs> oh, that is a bad omen. Are people yelling support at you? Go on, Matt. Uh, <laughs> walk up you that keep hill. breathing. Keep breathing, son. Go on, boy, Look at him Go breathing on, and talking. He doesn't know what he's doing. People um, don't actually like it, you know. Maybe it's just me. People don't seem to like the encouragement. Have you seen any slebs? Slebs? Celebrities. Oh, no, yeah. There was one I thought was Jordan. Is that Jordan? Is that Jordan? <laughs> Jordan! <laughs> No, I don't think it is. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Some guy dressed as a leprechaun. A pig! Have you got a pig noise? Yes, pig? yes, yes. Go on, Lee! Lee, you lucky pig! <laughs> <laughs> no, John Richardson, BBC Six Music. Here's Mr Al Pitcher. Uh, hey! How hey, are you, mate? I'll give you a double pun there on the title. Yeah, double. And the... Uh, double pun. Yeah. I'm, I'm very um, well. How are you? How was your show? Um, yeah, it's all over now, so um, I'm, off, I'm off to Sydney tomorrow, so things things are great, and the Australian crowds are kind of cool, you know, they're, um, um, How do they you know, differ I go from around them? taking photos and that, and they've, they've got, they're like, there's Anzac Day, which is the big war memorial day, so it was a bit of an awkward show, but it went, you know, everything apart from that's been good. Where do Australian crowds sit on the scale of uh, British crowds famously moody and pessimistic and don't cheer a lot unless asked? American crowds, the other end of the scale, whoop and cheer if you just tell them you've had a sandwich. Yeah. Where they're, on that scale um, do you find the Australians? They're, they're, they're not into the self-deprecation. If you go on and go, oh, it's not going that well, is it? They go... Oh, mate, I thought it was going all right. <laughs> Maybe it's not. Like oh, that, wow. Know? That's exactly how they sound as well as an audience. Nah, fear go. Um, fear maybe... go, mate. Give us a giggle. I should never but, um... gig out there then, because that's pretty much all I do. Oh, it's not going very well, <laughs> indoors or outdoors, is it? The world's terrible. <laughs> Shut my, up, uh, my venue is down a kind of urine-smelling alley as well, alleyway as well, and there's like a, 
um, a sex shop opposite, and then underneath <laughs> it, uh, there's a karaoke bar. So it's been it's been a battle. Yeah, you, know? you, you requested that venue specifically, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, so do they not even if you go? There was a Marida. If you go, oh, it smells a bit of wee out there, and there's the old stench of sex. They go, oh, fair go, mate. I like the smell of urine. Yeah, yeah, get on with it, mate. There <laughs> you go. But they, um, but yeah, it, it's it's always a bit awkward, you know. Um, you're in a really hot room and you're trying to do your best show, and then you just hear my heart will go on <laughs> underneath karaoke. It is pretty horrific. Luckily, you know? that's that's what you lead with, though, isn't it? So you just join in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, you know, um, a lot. You know. If, I've done direct marketing to the karaoke kind of users, <laughs> you know, and they're just, you know, but there's some sad cases. Are you going to be in Sydney? I tell, you, I, oh. I tell you who loves a bit of karaoke, Mr. Tim Vine, who's been on your show. Yes. Absolutely loves it. He did, he, um, he did that celebrity song idol pop man thing, didn't he? And he was good. He's got a good voice he on actually, him, hasn't he? He's got a brilliant voice, and what he does, he goes, he goes, he, he, he can book a booth on his own here. Okay, so he'll just I go said, off I for said, a... what, what, what did you get up to? And he's like, oh, I just booked a booth for an hour, and he just sings, sings like Eminem and stuff like that, you know? Wow, and you do the same in the sex shop, so I assume that's a conversation that you can have together. Um, well, it's awkward. Are you in Sydney next but week, I'm... then, when we chat to you? Yeah, yeah, I'm doing the whole... It uh, takes one hour and 25 minutes. It's a bit weird here, right? Melbourne, same time as Sydney, Adelaide, half an hour behind. Uh, they just want to get rid of that. That's a bit weird, they? isn't it? Have a word with them, see if you can sort it out. If you just explain that it's not very convenient for the show, if uh, we have to what, keep mucking what around. What I would like is if, uh, um, say, the John Richardson show, maybe yeah. we can, you know, maybe turn back time. I think so. I think that's achievable. Maybe we should go with that for our song next week. Turn back I think time. we need 10,000 10, votes. That's what we need. Is that the official thing? If we get 10,000 people telling us to change the time, we'll do it. But if it's 9,906, yeah. then you can shut up. Um, Barry, don't use your <laughs> alias as Bazza, because we know who you are. <laughs> the Danny, Julie, the Danny. There we go. That was this week's podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If it's stimulated any thoughts in your brains that you'd like to share with us, then johnrichardson.sixmusic at bbc.co.uk is the email address. Um, we'll be live on air next Sunday from 10am. My guest next week will be uh, the wonderful Mr Ben Norris. Um, and all that remains to do is to wrap up this week's pod joke. What do you call a bottle of patron teasing a woman? <laughs> well, of course you don't know. I'm going to tell you. Tequila Mockingbird. Tequila. Um, so if you've got another one of those, maybe you could send it in. Or just keep it to yourself. You know, just, uh, no, that's good. Thank you, Sydney. Sydney Cotsman. And if you had your address, I'd read it out so that people could send you uh, feedback. But it's, it's tough. It's tough comedy. It's hard. No one's, no one's saying it's easy. Um, thanks for downloading this week's podcast. I hope you've enjoyed it. And we'll see you with another one next week. Take care. Bye-bye. BBC Six Music Podcasts. If you like John Richardson, try the Adam and Joe podcast. Download for free at BBC.com. .co.uk slash six music.